Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 129 of Lay Radio, the show that talks about the Universe Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Second Technician, Fozzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this momentous episode are the ever-wonderful head of... Crikey, it's been that long, I've forgotten what your job is. Head of Station Operations, Mr. John Stabler. Good evening. Good evening, mate. Welcome back to the show. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you, fella. I should say the same thing to me, actually. It's been a while since I've been doing this thing. So um, with myself and John, we have the ever-so-wonderful Chief Bar Steward here at Lay Station, the wonderful Commander Psycho Cow, Grant Wilcott. Good evening, and I was loading up on passengers as we speak. Ooh, loading up on passengers, that sounds like there's a double entendre there. Just, none of these sods want to go to leave, and I'm heading to leave, and that's where I'm going. So you know they're going to have to put up with that. So are these paying passengers, or are we just dragging hitchhikers out the bar? They're just anyone I can find, really. <laughs> I just like the like the idea of people standing on the um, on the letterbox with a cardboard sign and a spacesuit saying "Lave." That's the, that, that's who you're picking up. No, you don't do hitchhikers. That's crazy. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not sure he's back, uh, but our chief archivist here at Lave Station, the wonderful Mr. Colin Ford, a.k.a. Peter Phoenix Defire, uh, is also on the show. Is he there? Is he not there? I don't think he's oh, there. I am, I'm, oh, I am here. It's just that <laughs> I, I, have to deal with, I have to deal with nightmares at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's going to take a little bit of explaining. For the people that were show, what exactly is going on in the uh, Ford household at the moment? My my mother-in-law was kind enough to take the look after the children today, uh, and um, took them to the cinema to see a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> and unfortunately, my nine-year-old um, saw bits about people eating other people's eyes in a Tim Burton movie, and is now traumatized. <laughs> so I'm having to run up and stairs downstairs, telling him it's fine. Notes, and then he comes down and says, <laughs> "So." Um, you, you just bear with me. I, I will be with you as soon as I can work out how to kill nightmares. Shouldn't be too hard. I'm looking up Sandman for help. Thank you. <laughs> Cracking stuff. Okay. Well, obviously this is a uh, a fantastic show to uh, to be back under the uh, uh, on the microphone for because obviously we have the fantastic release of 2.2 that went live today and unusually for a release night, it's actually here. It's gone live. It went live at uh, around about one o'clock, two o'clock this afternoon. Um, I was sat supposedly doing work, working from home, and uh, suddenly the update button arrived uh, well and truly early, considering that normally we have to wait until sort of nine, ten, eleven. What's the latest it's been? It's definitely been sort of close to midnight on a couple of occasions. I'm sure when it was the next day. (laughs) One of them. I'm pretty sure that was probably the first one that rolled over another day, did not? Yeah, I think the first release uh, did actually go over the other day um, in the stream um, when Edwards even commented about the fact that it was unusually early um, and normally he has to do a stream all afternoon before they finally go and launch something late in the evening. Um, and then Michael Brooks comes on and said, yeah, we just did that to uh, to annoy you. Actually, all the releases have been ready hours before, but we just like watching you stream, which I thought was quite funny. Ed was, uh, Ed was ever so slightly miffed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's live, and for the duration of this show, obviously what we're going to do is we're going to focus on some of the features. We're going to be playing live as we do the show. Um, it's going to be slightly different, because um, 
I have obviously been away from the show. I've actually been away from the game from quite a bit as well. So I have not partaken of any of the beta. So the reason I'm doing the show is because I am actually a 2.2, a Guardians Virgin. And the reason we dragged Stabler onto the show is because, John, I believe you're the same. You didn't do any of the uh, the beta, did you? No, I'm a, I'm a total virgin as well. Excellent. So for the sake of Lave Radio, John and I are popping our 2.2 Guardians cherry on the show tonight. So everything that we uh, we see for the first time is actually going to be the first time we've come across these sort of things. So uh, Colin, you're going to be our guide. Grant, you've done some stuff in beta as well, so you know what the heck's going on. Uh, John and I will just be pretty much flying around going, ooh, and have you seen that? And I didn't realize that done this. And oh my God, that's amazing. Um, so in order to do that, obviously that's going to take up the majority of the show what we're going to do is we're going to do some of the shout outs first uh and then we're going to dive straight into our main topic which is obviously going to be guardians so without further ado let's have a look and see what we've got for the shout out so first things first um a nasa scientist complimented elite dangerous uh earlier on in the week now i did actually pick up on this story i thought it was quite uh, quite cool so one of the NASA scientists, for those people that missed it, who works on the Cassini spacecraft mission, uh, which I think is the mission that goes around Saturn, um, basically said on the Elite Dangerous Reddit channel, I work with NASA's Cassini spacecraft mission at Saturn. From the bottom of my heart, thank you very much, Elite Dangerous. Uh, and he was basically saying about the fact that Elite Dangerous with the virtual reality uh, add-on um, is the closest thing that uh, they those these the, those guys have seen um, to what they're getting back from the uh, Cassini mission. And to be able to actually put the headset on and explore these rings of Saturn mapped so accurately to the information that they're getting back, he said, was just out of this world. Um, and he said he wanted to, uh, to compliment them on the, on the scale, the shadows, the beautiful colors, and the intricate pattern of their ringed planet. Um, he said, you know, it was a marvellous thing to be able to skim over the ring plane and diving through all the gaps and marvelling at the massive amount of simulated ring particles uh, whilst the enormous planet engulfs my field of view. I just simply can't get enough of it. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't realise that uh, David Braben followed the Reddit, but he did reply and said, that's great. There's some lovely images from the Cassini mission. It's simply excellent. Uh, let me know if you want me to have some words with the federal authorities, because this guy hadn't played much Elite Dangerous, but he was going to join the, uh, the federal, uh, the federation. I think uh, David Raymond was uh, was was tempted to uh, to pull some strings back at Frontier Towers to uh, to help him rank up nice and quickly, which I'm not sure is strictly allowed. But I'm if you're disappointed David Raymond, though, he's, he's gone with the wrong faction. <laughs> I forgot you were an imperialist. You don't think the guys at NASA should be imperialists? Uh, Considering, obviously, NASA is America and America is kind of federal? What do you mean, kind of? It is federal <laughs> by definition. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say that, uh, that uh, they, they, all these NASA guys can just quit their day job now because, you know, if, just go play Elite if you want to go and visit far-flung, you know, stars and stuff. What's the point in exploring space? It's funny you should mention that because later on, down the reddit it does seem that about two or three other nasa guys popped up and says yeah we play elite dangerous in vr as well and in fact actually we use it in one of our demos to to show off uh, what's possible in virtual reality for our virtualization seminars and we were there going that's that's quite good <laughs> and then on on top of that we've had a, uh, one of the guys who was who was pretty high up in the uh, kepler program saying exactly the same kind of thing uh, it was one of those one of those threads. I think it was the highest voted 
you know, upvoted Fred on Reddit in the Elite Dangerous um, uh, Reddit so far. And the amount of comments that came out of that was absolutely fantastic. And apparently, according to um, according to the uh, original poster, they it's quite easy to get into NASA if you're if because they're after a lot of IT guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? So what are you saying that the next shuttle's going to run .dot net? Because you know I'll quite happily uh, drop them. <laughs> I've got a strange feeling that uh, no, I don't. I, they, it's the Orion vessels that are going up next. The shuttle is no more. Are you, are oh, you yeah, saying that? I'm imagining one day that they're going to create something shuttle-like. You know, it, you know the old shuttle <laughs> might be dead, but you know, surely they're going to need something like that again. Are you trying to suggest that Elite might now be some kind of secret kind of recruitment tool that if you get to Elite <laughs> and exploring? <laughs> The van, a black van will pull up outside and guys will run out and grab you. You'll be taken away to the secret <laughs> centre and you'll be working for NASA. Um, cool. In, in your dreams, <laughs> I guess well, Just so. be careful you don't do solely passenger missions because otherwise they're just going to make you a taxi driver in space. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the shuttle was really. It was a big taxi or big truck, wasn't it? When you boil it down. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so that that I say that's when you get those sort of um, when you get that sort of feedback from uh, from those sorts of people, it does make you sit up and just realise what an amazing game uh, they've actually made in Elite Dangerous, and it's still growing. Obviously, we've got two point two. Yeah, it's the it's the beginning of this season's expansion. We've got lots of stuff coming further down the line. We've obviously got uh, multi crew and things like that all kicking off in this particular season. Um, but before we jump into 2.2, let's have a look and see what else we've just got. So um, from one great piece of news to a little bit of sad piece of news, which again, I'm going to throw over to Colin. Um, and that's the fantastic RPG uh, Elite Encounters. There's been an update on that. Um, Colin, do you just want to walk us through that, mate? Uh, well, yeah. Originally, the plan with the RPG was to have it um, released by July this year. Uh, unfortunately, um, Frontier uh, wanted to, uh, Dave to review the content, and unfortunately, due to one reason or another, he was unable to hit the deadline. And so Frontier have decided that uh, at this moment, the RPG, um, as it is in, this, in the present form, is not going forward. Uh, and what they have suggested to Dave is that... Um, resubmit it it'll be under a different contract and uh at this present moment in time i think we're looking at maybe Ju july 2017 for something to come out um as long as it passes all the all uh, jumps through all the right hoops at the moment um full details are available on the dafworks.co.uk website where you can get the the full details of um what has been happening um, Dave says, says it's actually quite useful because it's taken a lot of pressure off him. Mm. Uh, but he is uh, extremely sorry to everybody who had it. But the is still is not dead. It's still carrying on. Um, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what occurs going forward. 
Yeah, because it wasn't the fact that it, it was complete. I mean, it was got to a stage where, you know, Dave was pretty much done with it, wasn't it? And he handed it through and it was basically just a few changes and stuff that Frontier said needed to change in terms of, you know, some of the canon and stuff that he put in there didn't quite tie in. So it was more down to the revisions um, of the actual project that needed to be made as opposed to it wasn't finished or it needed a complete rewrite or anything really dramatic like that. Well, I oh, think um, it was on, almost, almost, I had to cut out almost a third of the word count in order to bring it down in size so it was a significant amount of editing just to sort of clear out all those bits and pieces and to rewrite something that yeah it was a challenge uh, and yeah he's just found himself at the wrong end of the pointy stick of life that <laughs> affects us all from time to time especially when you're planning on doing something and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I wish him all the best I really hope that he's good and ready by July to submit a, a complete project and we actually get a chance to see it out in the wild because we've loved playing it oh god yeah I mean to be fair to Dave um, it's not like some other uh, people who brought out who did kickstarters for books and who disappeared I mean he's been a, a big member of the community and he's been he has done regular updates you know it's not like he's disappeared anywhere so you know, yeah. as a Kickstarter, it's not a failure by any means. It's just, uh, you know, just expectations need to be managed. Uh, and hopefully he will get it out there. Yeah, and I mean, of course, I've got a vested interest in this is because I helped him pull together the vehicle combat rules. Um, I mean, as far as those are concerned, uh, we're still going, I'm still going forward with that. There's still a license application going forward in uh, with Frontier. And uh, so far... Uh, I think in, in uh, present circumstances, uh, it's probably the best option for Dave, um, hmm. due to due to the personal light, uh, personal circumstances at the moment. Uh, I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm not really in an, a major rush for my stuff to come out, um, uh, although it would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm certainly one of. Uh, I'm certainly not in. Uh, I, I don't feel that uh, it's it's knocked on the head, if you see what I mean. No, absolutely. Okay, cool. So, as I say, all the stuff, if you want to go and dig into that a little bit deeper, everything is available at daftworks.co.uk. Uh, and there's a full update there on um, on Sullivan's latest blog. So, check it out. Uh, and we hope to see it at some point in next year. Um, but I still think, I think one of our plans is maybe to have another RPG live radio session sometime, maybe around the Christmas time. Might be quite cool. Um Hopefully he'll be in a position where he can come on and, and do a show with us because uh, they were great fun. Lots of editing, uh, mainly for content in terms of stuff that we weren't able to air. But yeah, so um, great fun to actually take part on and great fun podcast to actually get out there. So we'll try and do one of those sometime around Christmas time, I think, um, just to let everybody know that obviously Elite Encounters is still going strong and will hopefully be with us at some point next year. Okay, something else that's going strong is the ever-fantastic Escape Velocity. So we have a new episode this Sunday. And let's see, let's see. The brief for this one is Kerlax EVA on an asteroid mine prison has left him pinned under a drill in the vacuum of space. Meanwhile, an intruder has boarded Commander Thane's ship, the last person anybody expected. This is broadcast live at 9pm on laveradio.com and you can chat with others listening in the IRC chat channel for that. And if you want to get a series catch up, you can head to escapevelocity.laveradio.com where you can download the past episodes and find out how to support the show through Patreon. And the other thing that we've got to shout out before we get stuck into the meat and bones of 2.2 is the Cecil 
voice pack. Now, for some of you may or may not have been following this, the Hutton Truckers have got their own voice pack out in the wild. It launches today. There is a <laughs> there is a show going on uh, at the moment where they're trying to unpack it and give people a, a walkthrough of how to install uh, the voice pack and how to download and install the Cecil one. And I've completely and utterly lost the bit that actually gave me an introduction on this. So whilst I find that, Grant, have you got an advert we can play for Cecil? Yeah, always. I don't know if it's the right one because we've had quite a few different samples over the years, but this this is our Cecil advert and um, yeah, it's quite exciting. Um, I know there's an awful lot of work, a huge amount of work going into this and we're really quite nervous about how well it's going to go down as the first sort of passenger pack for the game. Uh, let's see if this gives you a rough idea of what you can expect. I don't think it does, but it might. <laughs> <laughs> From Hotten Orbital, the galaxy's most inebriated hitchhiker. Alpha Centauri's very own Cecil. Legendary mixologist. The only man ever to reach Sajay. By accident. <laughs> After a night out on the booze. Forlorn admirer, a progenitor whale wolf, and prolific weather writer, Cecil is the kind of drunken uncle that turns up at weddings and just keeps talking and drinking. To Alvin DeFear, from Cecil B. Trumpington, I've discovered a new hobby. I'm going on an expedition. My flying has been a little erratic recently. My purple python has been having difficulty finding the right pad to nestle down for the night. I had decided uh, for the mug. <sighs> to hitch a lift. We'll send messages. My love to Lael. Chin Chin. Cecil. His cocktails are the stuff of legend. Can't start the day without a good martini. It's breakfast time somewhere in the galaxy. Marvelous marmalade martini. No vermouth. Just take your Centauri Megagin, add some... And don't worry if your ship doesn't have a spare seat or even a passenger cabin. Do you mind if I join you? A bit of a tight fit back here, but I'm well lubricated. I say, if you put on weight... Go home, Cecil. You're drunk. Good thinking. If you drop me at Hatton Orbital, I think I can find my way. Good grief. My left leg has stopped working. Oh, for the mug. Coming soon from HCS Voice Packs and the Hatton Orbital Radio Truckers. Cecil. 
Superb. So there you have it. Cecil, as performed by David Pearson. Uh, if you want to, that has launched as well with 2.2. So if you want to go and download that, that's at the hcsvoicepacks.com. You can go and grab that. And as I say, there is a um, there is a Twitch stream going on at the moment, which is going to be saved. So after you've listened to Lave Radio, you can go over to the Twitch channel at Hutton Orbital and you can download the how-to in terms of how to install all the voice packs and how to get the most out of Cecil. Um, so from from the point of what it actually does, it's obviously he's a companion that climbs aboard on your ship and he will at intervals chatter away. Sometimes it's idle banter. Other times it might be a question which you can choose to answer or just simply ignored. By all accounts, it's the most advanced HCS voice pack yet with over 22,000 commands that Cecil responds to. Uh, supposedly he does respond to tell me about Fozza and tell me about lay radio at the moment we haven't had the well I haven't had the nerve to actually ask it uh, I'll be doing it after the show I, I, I am quite concerned as to what they might possibly have on there um, another, but these things are great fun another, <laughs> another pink custard did they just call me scum <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, yeah so that's certainly after we finished up here I'm going to be heading over to there and uh, catching up on that Twitch stream and downloading that voice pack because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, okay, any other shout outs that we want to quickly pick up on before we jump into 2.2? Uh, it doesn't look like it. Excellent. So, 2.2. Um, Colin Grant, give me your top two things to look out for in 2.2. Things that you're the most excited about, stuff that you've had the most fun in beta playing. Starting with Grant. Oh, passenger lounge is amazing. It's like properly going into a you know travel uh, an airport and looking around for strangers that look lost and then offering them um, to take them places for money. It's brilliant and they're all beautifully illustrated. So you can go, no, nah, I'm not taking you. You're a pure runter. Look at the state of your hair. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that is that's certainly something I've really enjoyed is the the passenger missions and the passenger lounge. The whole revamp of the station screens is is quite brilliant okay so i haven't docked yet but i have just been trying to make my way back to uh, lave station and as i was approaching the planet uh something new popped up and it says uh it's a little sort of unidentified sort of object or something it says first thargoid contact uh and i've just dropped out of hyperspace on it and it's a taurus beacon which is obviously new to me so uh, looking at it, you have to scan it, and then if you go onto the sort of the message board, uh, there's a whole blanket of text that tells you a little bit about the history of the first Thargoid contact. So I take it this is one of the things that integrates in with the passenger missions, is it? It can do. Yes. Um, those. Uh, it's up to you really whether or not you want to go scan them. Uh, you don't actually have to be on a passenger mission to uh, to utilise them. Um, it, when you actually scan it, it gives you an, uh, a, a nice bit of background text and flavor which appears in your message box. Yeah. But there, there will be passenger missions which will say, ah, can you t- take us via the, uh, the, uh, the tourist beacon for such and such an event, please, or, or things like that. So it does link in at a later point. Okay, because I was obviously being a bit of a noob. I thought, well, they've made they've made finding aliens really easy in this place. Because I just thought, oh, look, there's the first alien contact. I'll just go there thinking it might be Thargoids, but actually you, it was. A you tourist. wanted to go and shoot some Thargoids. I, did. I thought, you know, Christ, they're not wasting any time in terms of having to uh, decode anything on this one. Look, there's the first Thargoid contact. It's that lave. Uh, but no, it turned out it was not what I was thinking of at all. And I'm sat outside a uh, 
a, a beacon. Um, to be fair, a... if, if, if Frontier want to make Lave the first place that Thargoids appear in, in Elite Dangerous, then I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just being joined by a commander. Uh, oh, no, he's just gone. <laughs> Winval Mac, I think, was uh, was also here. Maybe he had the same ideas because he turned up in a federal corvette. So uh, I don't think he's got any passengers on his gunship. Anyway, okay, so you say that the uh, the user interface at stations has changed. So let me dock up. And, well, uh, I've seen that. So I can already say that I'm impressed. Uh, that it's more complex, but you know everything's there still. So for people who haven't played the game for a while, because I dare say there's people that are probably taking a break from the game, yeah. just myself. Um, it's still pretty easy to use, but obviously all of those new features seem to have been slotted in quite easily, uh, quite well. Uh, and I was looking at the um, fetching your ship um, uh, ability that there's now there, and I think it was something like. 4,000 credits to bring a Viper from Shinra to Desra to Lave. Uh, <clears throat> but because I'm such a cheapskate, I'm not going to pay it. I'm going to go and fetch it myself. <laughs> uh, if you're feeling up to that, I've got a ship um, stuck at a station. If you could go and pick up my ASP from Jax, that would be really helpful. <laughs> can, can I do that for you? Because, you know, <laughs> where is Jax again? That's oh. in the middle somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's about 24,000 light years away. Um, and it's going to cost me 100 million, 111 million credits to you get my ship shipped. And it'll take 64 <laughs> hours. So, 111 million? Yeah, that's actually well, taking cheaper than I thought. Light years. That's kind of like going to Amazon and being desperate for you know a six pack of toilet roll and wanting the sort of one hour shipping and it's uh, fifty quid <laughs> for the shipping for, for two pound yeah for two pound <laughs> Um but no the, I've just I've just completed the mission and dropped off my passenger. The thing that bugs me and it's bugged me since the last update is outfitting. Outfitting is still eight clicks to fit something you know. And that's mm. annoying. I'm a, that's a really frustration. So outfitting is a chore. It didn't used to be a chore. It's a complete chore now, just because of the way the menu system is. It works. It means you have to be mindful because if you make a mistake, it's six more clicks before you can <laughs> flip and fix it. Um, <laughs> and normally, when you're playing a game, you don't count clicks. So I do find it quite frustrating. Okay, and why? What's what's changed about it? Have they just gone into more sort of sub levels? Is there more things that they've added? Is it the fact it's, that we've now got not, passenger cabins and it's not you know, particularly is taking it up? Not particularly for this um, update. Uh, I'm just going to do it on the Twitch stream. I'm going to load it up. Crikey! Ooh, this pretty inside this hangar. That's that's. I don't want to say anything else that's good in case uh, Colin wants to use it as his answer to your question, <laughs> and that wouldn't be fair because then I'd have two shots and I could go, oh, this, that, and then leave him with nothing. Um, but what you'll find is, you know, it's like going through a catalogue. Right. So you flick through the catalogue, you find your category. So you're looking, uh, for example, here we're going to bring it up now. Come on, come on. It's a bit slow tonight, isn't it? It uh, is a bit. I think so, it's um, a lot of people are either downloading uh, the patch or um, there's a lot more volume of people on today, which is not, not really that surprising. No, not really. So here we have optional internal modules, and I want to 
I was I wanted to fix it was my power. Well, that's not going to be that's going to be in core. I forgot to do this when I was there. I've got a six D power plant and I need more. So then click um, on the what six. What are you flying? Uh, Just out uh, of interest. Beluga class. Uh, um, okay, so you've got the new Beluga. How much did that cost you? Seventy six million at Shinrata. Ouch. Okay. It, it cost me the best part of two hundred million to kit it out though. Uh, and I'm still not quite done. I have to go back because I've screwed up the power and forgot to put decent shields on, which I found out when I clipped my undercarriage and I lost 4% hull. Um, so you click on the object you want to change, so 60 power plant. You click on Browse Shop, um, and then it will give you the options. And for, for power plants, it's not so bad, but you'd have to then scroll down to find, oh, great, I can put in a lesser power point. That's, that's not good. That's no good. It is mostly uh, the sorry, optional... what's the insurance uh, premium on, on that ship? Uh, the current minute with the, the loadout I've got is 5.2 million. Uh, <laughs> and uh, does the passenger missions pay? So obviously you just invested 260 million in getting that vessel. Um, what are the payouts for passenger missions? How long is it going to take you to recoup that sort of uh, investment? Oh, I can never get that back. You know, I don't care. I'll just do some pickups around about the you know the main points like leave and do some taxi runs and you know make sure that I'm there for Christmas and New Year and make triple time on my fares and stuff. Um, Hold on a second. Is that not like buying a Ferrari to do Uber runs? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but actually, Uber pay you extra if you've got a nice looking car. It's like a you get posh people wanting to be driven around in Ferraris. You get extra money for it. Right. Okay. So, right, so, is there a premium for the Beluga? <laughs> no, no, not the state lines. And uh, <laughs> it's, on its maiden voyage, it's already got a couple of dents. Uh, but no, so for example, I want to change my 4C first class passenger cabin. So I click on that, I click on browse shop. I then look at the sort of selections of different categories. So with cargo racks, limpets, docking computers, planetary hangers. So let's say I want to go for a cargo rack. I then have a list of all the cargo racks. I then pick on it. It'll then tell me click on buying options. So here are four clicks. I can exchange it for the old one or I can store the old one and fit it and then select that and that's it done. So that's five clicks to change that module and you've got count, you know, how many modules have you got in a, a ship? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's 50 clicks to check just my <laughs> optional internals. And it is, it's just footery. I mean, it's okay because it's not something you do an awful lot of, but it's no wonder we're all keeping ships, you know, and just, I'm not going to change that. It'll take me flipping ages. Um, but yeah, let's go to the passenger lounge here and see what's on offer. So I'm currently on a planet surface, which is where I figure all the desperate folk will be on an icy planet, desperate to go to somewhere hotter. And just before um, we pick up on, there, on, on that, just talking about the outfitting, you mentioned there in passing, uh, storage was a new option, so you could actually store your modules. That's new for 2.2 as well, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, Colin might have that as his favourite point. I'm trying not to highlight anything. <laughs> um, so here we are. Right, this, this particular, a candy state company has got seven missions that uh, passengers waiting. So we've got Matthew Bray, who wants a sightseeing adventure, seeks man, pilot with good sense of humour. He wants to go to uh, Raikwat and Tupa, which is a sort of grand total of about 133 light years, so nothing major, and he's willing to pay 747,000 credits. Uh, a million okay. credits to go 77 light years uh, by Kindle Bray, uh, 1.3 million, 29 million for Otis James. He wants to go to Red and Green Glory and collect data. I don't know where that is. <laughs> 
<laughs> so can you can you stack? I mean, I'm assuming you must be able to stack these passenger missions. So if you wanted Jeez. to get five million worth of um, of sort of passengers in there, can you go to one and then try and sort of plot the nearest place for your next passenger and try yes. and? You can. So nobody's going to get miffed off if you suddenly don't follow their path and you're <laughs> dilly dallying off to another star system to uh, make one of your other passengers happy. Yeah, now the, the things that are kind of the critical things is the Tetris effect for passenger missions. And um, that is essentially you've got a 6D passenger cabin and it's got 16 um, seats for 16 people. And you get two missions for people and there's eight in one party and there's four in another. And you think, yay, no problems, they'll fit. But four of them are stuck up so-and-sos. I'm not sitting in there with those. No, no, good. That's business class. So you then got to fit another module. And you'll find that that passengers don't like to be put together very often. So you find that you're really going to have to stretch. So having a large passenger cabin may mean that you can only take one mission at a time. So it's not always Uh... the best, but you can take a bigger number of people at a time so they don't mind splitting their party across cabins but they do mind sharing with other people heaven forbid they would catch some kind of you know in, you know respiratory disease or something or other crikey if they knew who were flying then um but you know uh, you reasonable time what so two two weeks and six days for this particular mission to travel okay. um 31 000 light years and that's Ooh. for 29 million credits. So um, it's not bad. And your exploration data for that kind of distance is going to be, even if you just honk and scoop uh, and jump, you're going to be making at least another 15 million in data on top of that. So that's not a bad mission. Um, but and How long it, would it take you to do that, Jenny? I haven't done any sort of exploration. So yeah, is that a night's work? Is that a week's work? I well... Mean, Jack Station's 24,000 light years away and it took me four months. <laughs> <laughs> took me two attempts. I was really close and I lost my orca. Uh, and then I did it in my ASP in the space of two weeks. Um, so 31,000, if you have a decent jump range on it, is fairly fairly straightforward. But I would definitely consider jumping down to an ASP purely specifically for that mission in order to take that one on because it would be hopeless in a beluga because my jump range although it's good um, and better than the orca it's still just under 20 light years and right i learned in the orca with the 12 light year jump that when you have your plot coursed for a thousand light years and you're doing 130 jumps it becomes <laughs> boring difficult <laughs> and after three hours of playing the game and you've only gone 2,000 light years it becomes very very disheartening um, uh, something tells me you're not an explorer at heart Grant are you? I, well, I got, you know I got within 6,000 light years of Jack's oh, in my orca hell, before mate. I blew up because um, the doorbell went and I came back and it said your ship's been destroyed oh, and I was like no, no! And then, of course, I got my ass all the way out to Jack's um, just recently. Uh, last week, in fact, last week's live radio show, I was docked up at Jack's in my Sidewinder. And then on Wednesday, I jumped into the game to help Dave with voice attack and got a phone call. I was on the phone and um, I came back into the room and obviously it overheard me and launched my ship and got blown, <laughs> blown up on the deck of Jack's. But that's fine. That's not a problem. Voice attack can do that kind of thing. What was heartbreaking is as I went to click on the insurance button, I must have been mumbling for fluffling, flipping, flipping, 
jet voice attack. Of which case it heard me and clicked the other button, and I got my free sidewinder and transported all the way back oh, to Jack's. Oh no! Which is oh weird. no! Right, and how much did you lose? I suppose an asp's not too bad to lose. No, it's what still out there. That? It's still in one piece. It's nine million credits worth of ship out at Jack Station. The problem is, I lost twenty-four thousand light years in five seconds. That's what hurts. <laughs> I know, but at least now you're back in time for the show. <laughs> Six months it's taken me to get out there. <laughs> Five minutes to get back to where I started. It's just... Oh. Oh, it's a dear. shame you can't actually take passenger missions as a passenger yourself and get transported <laughs> out to Jack's. I see that. That's what I think they should have. I did say when we were first discussing Elite Way back in Alpha that they should have some kind of taxi or bus service so that you can, you know... Damn it! <laughs> Jump on a bus and then just log off and log back in sixty-four hours later at the station you wanted to go to. That would be brilliant. Uh, I have to say, I'm uh, just outside Lave Station. There's a Commander Ashley Wilkinson who's uh, doing a flyby and saying hello. Very nice and chaffing away quite nicely with some uh, some red flares. But uh, I'm trying to figure out what um, what he's done to his eagle because that's between the paint job and the modifications he's done, looks like unlike any other eagle I've seen in the game. Uh, he's done some really nice uh, modifications to it. Uh, before we, sorry, before we just move away from the passenger uh, stuff, I, I read, think I read somewhere that um, only the passenger liners can have the top, classiest ca- passenger cabins or something. Is that true? The first, the first class cabs. Um, I've got a couple fitted, so I imagine that yes, that is the case. Which makes that mission an absolute stinker. So yeah, so I suppose that's how they got around the the issue. Because if you remember, originally Frontier said, "Oh, only passenger liners will carry passengers," and then there was the usual outrage from the community because <laughs> they wanted passenger cabins on their like little ships. And so this sounds like the trade-off that you can fit these modules to any ship, but if you want the best ones, you have to have. Uh, a passenger liner so uh, good quick win from Frontier there yeah absolutely sorry I'm just ramming this guy now I want to see if I can dent his nice uh, nice eagle uh, he's got purple shields what are, what are purple shields these days that's the biweave isn't it is it that's very cool yeah, should be should be the biweaves Commander Unless... Ashley Wilkinson has literally got the pimp my ride version of an elite dangerous ship going on here it's very cool it might so have it's your got an eagle, so it's like the equivalent of a twink ship. <laughs> Everyone knows what a twink is, don't they? Well, the twingos. No, no, a twink. No, and no one here played MMOs online. Uh, no. if, ben, if Ben was here, we could actually carry off a, an intelligent conversation. No, basically, what I used to, in um, in World of Warcraft, you used, you used to you used to have um, your character would level up to say. You know, I think it was like 60 or 70 at the time I was playing, but it's like 90 or 110 now. Um, but what people, a lot of people used to do is they would get a character and they'd level it up to like only level 19 and they'd give it all the best stuff for that level, but then not level it up any higher so that they could, you know, you'd have a, like a really overpowered character. So that's what it, I think of when, you, when you're talking about a pimped out eagle, that basically he's probably got so much money in the bank that he has got like a, a Corvette somewhere, but he likes to just fly around in a pimped out eagle. 
Yeah, well, he's obviously listening to the show because he's uh, interacting in the uh, thing. He's also deadly, which is much higher than my combat rating. So I'm not going to piss him off anymore. So <laughs> uh, you can come after you, John, for that remark, not me. <laughs> it, it was. It wasn't. You know, it's a nice remark. It's uh, <laughs> that he's played the game and he's now having fun. That's uh, you know, it's, it's a compliment. <laughs> cool. So, are we all done on passengers? I mean, how many of these things have you completed in uh, in beta? Is, does it give you a sense of achievement, a sense, a sense of satisfaction when you drop the guy off and he says, "Here's uh, for a job well done." Still missing the TripAdvisor. <laughs> can't, can't get my reviews. Can't publish and say, "Look how good a taxi driver I am." And the number of missions I've carried out is one. I've just finished it there. The rest of them, I just let. St- let rot in my hold because I got tranted, busy with trying to get to Jack's. Um, but no, it's they, they do give you uh, an interesting, different way to play. And you know, I've done trading to Tycoon, and um, I'm kind of I don't know forty percent through that. Um, can't remember forty one percent through Tycoon. And you kind of think, you know, I really can't face doing the repetitive grind of trade for the time being. And jumping into passenger missions is a a nice refreshing break um, to do it alongside a little bit of trading as well. So it's it's really quite interesting in that respect. There's a a different way to play the game for a bit. And also allows you to have your fighters installed as well because you might have to defend one of your passengers. Um, Your passengers can be quite tricky when you get to a destination and changing what they want and oh no I don't want to go here you know can we go somewhere else or oh I know we're passing by X, Y and Z you got all these kind of mission changes to deal with as well so it's a different way to play the game to tick a different box it's kind of like every time they do these updates you end up with a re-refresh of a new node to play uh, which is good because I'm saving mining to last (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I mean, maybe we can get on to uh, sort of fitting out. Uh, in fact, no, I'm not going to spend £260,000 on a Beluga. How much is the uh, is the Orca? So obviously we've had the Orca in game for, for ages. Is it now a worthwhile ship? His jump range is woeful. Um, I know, got you out of jacks, minus six light years. I, yeah, that was with an extra fuel tank fitted as well, and uh, th- all these things have a knock-on effect of making it horrific and really unpleasant. Um, it's, I think, is it nine million for an orca? Or was it seventeen? I can't remember exactly which one it is. Um, but, it's, but if you wanted to get involved in passenger missions and you didn't want to stump up for the beluga. Well, that could you get away with the orca and, and experience it, or do you need to have? The I sort think of I would still most. I'd probably still go for an ASP, kitted out ASP, and take the sort of the mid-range passenger missions until I had enough for a Beluga. I ran out of fuel in the, in the Orca. It's the first ship I've ever run out of fuel in. It's the... It's fun, isn't it? It's, Did a fuel yeah. rack come all the way out to Jax? No, gosh, no. That was only four jumps from Sunrata. <laughs> 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 and that so was before, that trip well. <laughs> it was that was before that was before fuel transfers. So I decided I was just going to wait there for the fuel transfer plug-in and get someone to come and rescue me. Um, but it was like three or four weeks away from that release, and I ran out of fuel and the ship blew up. So decision was made for me. 
but yeah, I I would. The the orca's a nice ship to fly, but it really is a short distance and short haul thing only. So I think for a lot of these missions are under thirty odd light years, then it's perfect. Um, but okay, so the beluga. But you obviously still have got, to tank up the the Asp Explorer. So if a, a passenger was under sort of threat or anything like that, you'd, you'd tank the Asp so it would be able to fight as well as do a passenger mission. Yes, no. Um, I think you'd really speed a getaway is the key thing. So maybe mines. Uh, I'm not sure how effective they are in the new loadouts, or go to the benefit of having a ship fighter and let them go out and fight while you power up the drives. Uh, don't think the ship fighters are available in the Asp, are they? I don't know if they're in the Asp, but they definitely are in this. Yeah, in the Beluga. Yeah. yeah. So mines and. Um, a very good thrusters to get you the the heck out of dodge. Hmm. Okay. So you think about your second great thing that came out of beta, and we'll go on to Colin's first. Colin, what's been <laughs> your highlight that Grant hasn't covered uh, coming out of beta? Oh dear. Um, well, it has to be the fighters. It okay. Had, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Hands down. Um, this this is the thing that's kind of saved my T nine from from the scrapyard <laughs> because I must admit I was getting really bored of driving the T9 uh, but now that I can fit a, a fighter bay to it and um, you fit one of the three new fighters that well either the Imperial fighter or the um, uh, the good old Condor or the new Taipan which is kind of the independent fighter once you start flying about one of those oh, it's, it's it gives you that real uh, Battlestar Galactica Viper feel as you fly around defending yourself, which is an odd thing to say. But, uh, <laughs> but this is also because it also links in with the crew. Okay. Now, um, yeah, the ship crew are actually ship pilots or fighter pilots that you hire. Now, those, those fighter pilots, um, you've got a choice of three. Uh, you then... Uh, excuse me. You then choose one as your active pilot, and he will be in the fighter bay, and he will remote pilot the ship using telepresence, and it will allow you to also remote pilot the sh- uh, the fighter by telepresence, and you'll be able to swap roles, which is absolutely fantastic. Oh, so you're not uh, actually in the ship then? Uh, no, you're never in the fighter itself. Okay. It's a bit of a boo-hiss moment. Okay, go on. No, because there's something very, very important about that. The crew itself, um, when you're, because you are part of, uh, you don't get just one fighter. There are eight fighters uh, in the bay. Wow. So as soon as you lose one fighter, a new fighter is 3D printed and then able for launch probably within a minute or so. And these new fighters kick kick bottom they, they, they seriously do they they do a um a serious amount of damage and so you can either have uh this remote pilot uh cover your backside where you do mining or you do your passenger missions as 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 grant says and it helps you get out either cover you to get out of dodge or if you're feeling exceptionally brave you can you can take on the pirate that was causing you trouble in the first place um, and those pilots, if your ship is destroyed, you get to you get the escape capsule and you get home. However, 
that pilot is no more after that. Right. So you basically you will lose your pilot if your ship is destroyed. And do Which pilots could, sort of um, level up in the same way that you do in terms of going up their rankings, in terms of competent, expert, dangerous, all that jazz? Oh, they, they rank up, but they rank fa- up faster than you. <laughs> okay. they, they rank up faster than you because basically they don't have the same life expectancy. <laughs> nice. So we're kind of looking at an XCOM 2 environment where you might get attached to your pilot. You know that your your wingman is there for you. He will help you out, or she will help you out. And then, due to one small miscalculation with uh, a f- the fuel, um, you'll lose him. Because, obviously, if, if your ship is destroyed in any way, you lose the pilot, that you your active pilot you have with you. So... Um, but actually flying those things is, a, is such a joy, especially when you've been flying one of the big, big ships that goes along with it. Okay, it's, so talk me through the logistics of it. Obviously, is it like the, the passenger liners where only certain things can actually take the larger bays? Is there only certain ships that can have fighter bays in them? Yeah, there's, there's, um, <clears throat> there's a limited number of ships that can actually handle a fighter bay. They're normally the big lumbering ones like the Beluga, the Anaconda, uh, T9, and... Uh, I think the gunship, and also, the, yeah, uh, for some reason, and those are the ships that can handle it. So they're all traders. They're all in the need of a defensive capability. So I think, mm-hmm. with maybe the exception of the gunship, you're probably not going to see much. Well, maybe the Anaconda as well. You probably won't see much in the way of pirates launching fighters at you. Right. Okay. So you buy you buy a, a fighter bay. Kid out like the the SRVs in terms of you know you need horses and stuff for them. Yep, effectively. Uh, so you you'll buy the kind of fighter that you have uh, that you want. Um, that will then populate itself into the bay. So um, and at that point, it, the bay, depending on how big it is, um, you'll have uh, a number of uh, uh, regenerations, if you like, or, or you know, prints, <laughs> so that you can, um, uh, obviously, the bigger bay, the more reprints that you'll get for, for your fighter. So, yeah, I mean, the launch and landing sequences for these things are absolutely fantastic. Okay, so, I mean, I have seen that on the trailer, and so it looks very much like the Battlestar Galactica getting shot out of the uh, the docking bay for that. Yes, it's very, very much so. It's a sort of a mag launch, and, and the landing... Um, the landing can be a little tricky, especially if you're under pressure. But um, I think, in most cases, what people will do is, is um, they'll sacrifice the fighter and not bother to land it, and they'll just right. jump away if they need to, because it's just one more print, and you haven't lost the fi- the pilot when you lose the fighter. Okay, and are these things expensive to uh, to reprint? No, not really. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, um, you actually get eight or nine prints uh, or for free, if you like, with the bay, and then you got the the restock charge, which doesn't. It's not that much. I mean, it's only sort of like one thousand five hundred for the SRV, so the fighter's not that much more. Cool. Well, I'm actually in game in my Anaconda. I'm hovering outside Lave Station. So, with what I might do is I might just go and see if I can't fit one of these fighter bays and have a look at it for the first time. So. Um, 
before I do that, I'm just hanging outside of Lave Station. Have they changed the stations on the outside? Because Lave Station suddenly seems to have a lovely sort of gunmetal finish to it and far more sort of advertising boards not actually showing the the same sort of yeah, Zorg Peterson stuff uh, oh, no, no, they've had yeah. before. They've gone, yeah, they've gone and enhanced a lot of the... Um, the flavour, if you like, the the atmosphere around these stations. You've got new advertising hoardings. You've got new. Um, there are actually new shipyards in there. There's new CQC um, uh, modules hanging around, which you could, which you will detect when you fly about. They're not available in the system map. Uh, if the if a system is lucky enough to have one of these things, they'll appear in the, your contacts list um, on on the left hand side panel. Um, that's one of these uh, world enhancements or quality of life enhancements that they've put in. And we know from um, from all the updates we've had so far that there will be functionality coming with them in later updates. Cool. So things like the, I, mean, I saw some of the, uh, the shipyards. Uh, mm -hmm. Are they part of the tourist side things or are we actually going to be able to go there and get missions at some point or... Well, that's that. Those structures, the the um, uh, the shipyards, the CQC thing uh, structures, those kind of things, those have been sort of earmarked that something is going to happen in the future. They haven't confirmed what, but it's just something we'll have to have to see what they come up with. Okay, cool. So uh, I've just docked at Lave Station. I can now see what John means in terms of the uh, the GUI uh, mm -hmm. has changed quite a bit. So I've just been. You've now got a face that actually look, doesn't look that dissimilar from John Stabler, actually, here at Lave Station. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it was funny. I just sort of, I did say that on one of the other episodes. I was there going, is he, is he moonlighting? Is that why he's not being here? Because he's actually in the station itself. So uh, they've obviously modelled Otis Hughes on the wonderful John Stabler at Lave Station. Uh, but he said, this is Lave Station. Welcome, Commander Fozzer. Lave Station has been forced to retreat in the face of an aggressive expansion, I'm afraid. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, it means they tried their luck somewhere else and have retreated from it, I think. Grant oh. would be able to tell you what that status is more than I would. But with this Hudson trucker uh, always at war experience. <laughs> Any ideas, Grant? What was the status? It says, Lave Station has been forced to retreat in the face of an aggressive expansion, I'm afraid. Ooh, it basically means that, yes, you are... Um, about to get kicked out your system, so to speak. <laughs> so there's, there's there's a faction coming in, and we're the bum end of the factions in Lave, and so therefore we would normally move all. I think player factions are protected from being kicked out of the system, so shouldn't kick us out. Right. So is this us, or is that the workers of Lave Liberals who is who uh, John is moonlighting for here under the guise of Otis Hughes? <laughs> yeah, it, it it does seem to, but they're an influence of fifty three percent. How could they be yeah. in trouble? That doesn't make sense unless there's new meanings. Because I know that our Hotpit team are quite familiar with some of the bizarre states that happen. Um, um, I'm pretty sure Retreat was one where they're about to get moved out. Let's have a look and see what the guys in Twitch chat uh, Retreat. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, at the bottom we've now got the Galnet news, which goes through the Lave faction status summary, Lave bestsellers, 
lave station news top five lave bounties that sounds pretty similar but the lave journal the lave star lave daily wow so we actually have newspapers have these always been in the galnet and i've just never seen them or are they these have, new for 2.2 oh they have always been in the galnet it's, it's sort of they don't appear all that often um some of them are procedurally generated depending on the state of the system mm-hmm. um and and some of them other players have submitted content and um and and frontier have put them in okay so We've got Lave today, and this was an article from the 20th of October. Lave Jet Family appeases the people. Peace was returned to the Navigator Terminal after a tense week that saw small bouts of violence erupt between workers and members of the Lave Jet Family at a popular leisure spot throughout the station. Is that uh, procedure generated? Uh, I think it is, yes. That particular okay. entry would be. Cool. All right, so what else have we got here? Currency markets, mission boards, passenger lounge, contacts, universal cartographers, and crew lounge. So obviously the new ones are obviously... The passenger lounge and crew lounge. So, mm-hmm. if I want to um, get some fighters, I take it I'm going to need a crew from the crew lounge. Yeah. Uh, yes, you are. Um, but I would actually wait for getting the fighters before you hire the crew because um, they cost. Uh, they, they'll cost you money even if they're hanging about in the in the crew lounge waiting on you. Uh, okay. So, how? What do I do now? So I go to outfitting. Where's outfitting? It used to be on the left hand side. Yeah, it's now on the right-hand side under your crew, uh, under your under your ship icon. Oh, so it is. Okay, so outfitting shipyard and advanced maintenance. What's that? Yes. Oh, that's basically just restocking and things like that. Oh, it's the same as what it was before, just called something different. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So, nothing to worry about. So go to outfitting, and then... Oh, that's nice. That's sort of a, a blurred effect on the, uh, on the front view panel as you go down into the hangar. That's yeah. Neat. Well... It should be under optional internal, but I don't know whether or not Lave is advanced enough to actually be able to give you fighter bays. Might have to head to Leasty or Zeonst in order to to equip your ship. Okay, let's have a look. So, have we always had utility mounts, core internals, and optional internals, or are they new labels for this? They have been in two point zero, I think two point zero and two point one. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh, one word to the wise, though. Um, Frontier have just put up a warning uh, on the front page that uh, don't use the stored modules at the moment because uh, they're, they're at the moment, which could cause your commander data to get locked up if you've got more than one um, engineer modded item in the stored modules at the moment. It's, okay. it's something they're aware of and they need to then, and they're working on it at the moment. That's a good update. I don't have, I've never done any of the engineer stuff either. Um, so I'm assuming it's the 6D fighter hanger that I want to buy. Um, yes. Okay. Class 7. Okay. Browse, shop, buy. Okay. That's fitted. Now okay. what? You need to equip fighters in it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Before I do that, livery um, is our new um, Anaconda Lavecon. Uh, thing there I don't know because I don't have an anaconda oh you know what it's not (laughs) maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that Um, or maybe I didn't get my application Um, I think I think Alan's been in contact with Frontier because I think that one has been raised but they're not improperly right yet to be assigned okay fine well I just have to go for the old gold look then so 
got the fighter bay in. Now I need to go to crew lounger. That's outfitting again. Yep. Uh, oh, Taipan. Because it's an independent station or an aligned station, that's probably the only fighter that you'll have an option of. Yeah. Unless, yeah. The, unless the the, uh, the Falcons there as well. But there is a different. There seems to be different loadouts that you can buy. Uh, yeah, there's the HSF, the Rogue F. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are um, basically based on CQC loadouts. You can't actually then outfit your fighter. You've you've got to choose a particular loader of fighter for you, your play style. Okay. So Fair enough. yeah, got two of those. Uh, two seems to be the maximum I can buy. Does that sound about right? Um, yeah, because that means you've bought, and that means two slots of um, eight fighters each. I think so. You've probably got about 16, <laughs> 16 fighters to try and keep your anaconda safe. Okay, well, knowing how I fight, that's probably uh, not enough either. So okay, um, so now I've got the fighters. Now can I go to crew lounge? Yes. Okay, crew lounge. So, pilot application board. Um, let's have a look. So, I've got harmless, mostly harmless, novice, competent, and expert, all ranging in different values from 15,000 for a harmless member of crew to 150,000 for the experts. That is right. You will not get a pilot who's higher rated than you to begin with. Right. Now, um, you, have a, you, you make your choice here whether or not you want to go for a harmless pilot who who will improve quite quickly and stay at the same profit share percentage okay. or whether you want to hire a, a more um, adequate pilot that will do a good job of defending you, but he will take more of your profit share. Okay, so harmless takes 2%, mostly harmless takes 4%, novice takes 6 competent takes 9 and expert takes 12% profit share. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that goes up in... Yeah. yeah, similar increments all the way up. So I've got a Melanie Jones. Why have I got two crew slots if I can only have one person on the ship with me at any one time? Uh, basically, you got, you've effectively got... Um, well, you've only got one active crew member you can take on board, and you yeah. should have three inactive um, crew lounges. Is that right? Yeah. Well, the inactive crew just hang around, and you can call them up in an emergency if you've if you've um, lost someone, okay. And technically, they, they kind of kind of half follow you around, and then instant they instant travel to where you've got to. So you can you can access them at any station that you've landed at. Got you. Okay. Um, but are they taking their twelve percent profit share and stuff from me, even if they're sat there doing nothing? You know what? I actually don't know that. Um, I have got a sneaking suspicion the profit share only runs if they are. Active. Uh, active, but you'll still have the hiring cost. Okay, let's just leave that then. So I've got one. So I've got one member of crew. Uh, I've made it active, so I'm assuming she's the one that's going to go in the in the ship. And I'm mm -hmm. going to I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave right now. Uh, oh, cows in the same system as me. So maybe we should go and try and take out a beluga. Oh, that's not that very nice. <laughs> it's just life, you know, isn't it? I've got a fighter too. <laughs> Is your fighter bigger than my fighter? Yeah, we could oh, do some fighter grief. fighting. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Yeah, come, come out to the civilian broadcast and we can do a little fighter battle uh, around our, our big ships and just make sure you give orders to them to tell them because the first thing you're going to have to learn is how do I dock this thing? <laughs> okay, so how does that work? So what happens if I jump into the... Okay, I'm not jumping into the fighter, but if I take control of the fighter, what's um, the crew member doing with my ship? Oh, he's piloting the ship and you can still give him orders. So he, you can order him to, to follow you, take evasive action or attack my target, that kind of thing. And you do the same, when, uh, vice versa, when he's in the fighter and you're, you're flying the big ship. Okay. And are they actually semi-decent? I don't know what the AI is like for... Oh, yes, they are, they are more than adequate, I think. Okay, cool. All right, so I will try and go to the civilian broadcast and have a bit of a, a throwdown with uh, the wonderful cow. Um, I'll head out there myself. But in the meantime, what else is... Um, Grant, whilst we do this fight thing and whilst I get out to you, what's your second big thing from uh, from 2.2 that you've uh, you've really enjoyed or you really think has been done well? Ah, oh, crikey, there's, there's quite a few things. I'm yet to experience them other than seeing other people hitting. And that's, uh, of course, Neutron Stars and the Reaver. <sighs> did, did I just steal <laughs> your number two? <laughs> nobody will steal my number two <laughs> but you know the the graphical enhancements on them and the dramatically horrific effect it has on your ship instantaneously causing was it gravitational stress and all kinds of things making it quite a a terrifying thing to accidentally crash into and uh, to see people narrowly escaping these things now with 10-15% of hull left and you know good whew, thank god for that it's just it's a it's a nice kind of mechanism to punish people for lazy jumping and uh, <laughs> sitting back and getting too relaxed and watching your Netflix or your Amazon Prime uh, TV series while you do exploring nope you can't do that anymore you're going to have to watch oh stop chasing my beluga with your eagle <laughs> So hold on, are these just sort of the, the white dwarf stars, or are these something different that maybe I haven't come across? Are these the big white things that sort of the, take up the, your entire screen when you arrive? Well, no, no the no, pinprick the ones. Yeah, the little <laughs> pinprick ones that you used to see, the little white dot, and you would, you know, you'd have seconds from arriving in that system before you hit too close and got dropped out. Um, now it's kind of like someone's firing a plasma ray into your <laughs> eyes on the ship and alarms and crap go off and sparks come out. Oh, you rammed my fighter. Oh. No fair. The other thing about those neutron stars and, and the white dwarf stars is, of course, they enhance your jump drive. Really? And Yes, you fly through the um, the corona on those because um, you both of them have got massive uh, gravitational fields, but because they've been enhanced, you will see massive amount of plasma come up for, off the the north and the south of these stars. Now, if you manage to fly through that plasma without being destroyed, first of all, you're thrown about like a um, <laughs> like a leaf on the wind. <laughs> nice. And if you're able to control it, then once you get through the other side, you will get a um, notification that your 
uh, frame shift drive has been supercharged. Now, for a white dwarf star, you get an extra 30% of jump space, a 30% a, a of uh, jump range. For a neutron star, you get a 300% wow. enhancement, which is why the community at the moment is now madly trying to map all the neutron stars between <laughs> here and Jack's so that they have the what they call the neutron star superhighway. <laughs> but surely people aren't going to be able to get all the way out there. They're going to get torn apart halfway there. Well, that's when you get an AM, uh, one of the AMAs, which is the uh, repair module, the auto field maintenance unit, because that will repair the damage that has been done to your frame shift drive. I see. Okay, well, I'm sitting somewhere around the uh, the big old cow here. Um, how do I launch my fighter? Is it like the SRV? Yeah, it seems yep. to be. So you look down to your crotch. So this is crotch control panel. Uh, and you've got helm, fighters, SRV, and crew. So go down to the first Taipan, click on that, oh, deploy. And then you get the option of either deploying it, I'm assuming yourself, or get Melanie Jones to fly it. Well, I'll tell you what, you go to uh, deploy it yourself. It has to be experienced for the first time. Okay, let's have a look at this. My beluga keeps ramming me! <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Exactly. So, yeah, literally drops you down like the SRV, but you see the, the, the trail and the uh, the lights lighting up as if you're in Battlestar Galactica. And there's my ship. Well, that's quite impressive. Yes. Now, what's this? I mean, this thing is tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Can I look around the cockpit? No, because I'm obviously not in the cockpit. Hmm. No. Okay. So, what have I got here? I've got two pulse lasers. Oh, I'm going to crash into my own bloody ship. Um, okay. So, that ship seems to be getting very close to me. Is it following me, or can I tell it to stay still? How yep, do I give um, it orders? You give it orders by looking down back at your crotch cam. Yeah. <laughs> crotch cam's on. Crotch cam is on, and you select the select the pilot and give him orders. Okay, so go to helm, which is Melanie Jones. Orders: uh, defend, attack target, engage it, or maintain formation. Hold position or switch. Uh, it's on. Follow me at the moment. So I take it. Hold position. That sounds like a better idea. Okay, so now that's holding in permission. Uh, <laughs> holding in position. Now, someone's gone red already. Is that Grant? Oh, Commander Ashley Wilkinson. It's gone red. Oh, so, yeah. Ashley Wilkinson, though, this souped-up eagle, has obviously been having a go at Cow, who's in my wing. Uh, so, it uh, frees me up to have a go with my fighter. Oh, he's jumped out. Yeah, oh, I you left. coward. You I coward. <laughs> I left him at 1% hull and decided to let him go. Oh, really? Oh, crap, I started shooting him. Maybe he hasn't jumped out. Maybe I blew him up. <laughs> okay, so he was trying to do a brave Sir Robin, and I didn't realise. Sorry about that. Um, as long as he wanted, it's not a problem. <laughs> well, now who am I shooting at? Oh, I'm shooting at your um, beluga. Right, come on, Grant. Show me what you got. Uh, what are you in? Are you in a sidewinder or no. you're in the condor? Yeah, I'm in a little condor. I love the condors. Okay, and is that because you are in a federal ship and therefore it has a federal fighter bay so you can buy Condors, or is that just what you chose to buy? 
It's just what I chose to buy at the time. I love the Condor. It's a, it's a beautiful little ship. Okay, well, no surprises. You're kicking my ass. <laughs> um, so I'm down to 44% hull. And I can't even see you to even shoot at you. Now, are you using gimbaled lasers or beam lasers? What comes on your Condor? It is gimbaled. Um, it just gives you a bit more chance to sort of continue to keep the the pressure on the other ships by um, flipping around in circles with your flight assist off and just get onto, get your locked on and then you don't have to worry too much about your gimbals. Obviously, you've got chaff as well, which comes in handy for people that use gimbaled as well. Boom! Oh, where did Fuzzy go? <laughs> Okay, so I'm dead. <laughs> and I've now rematerialized back on my anaconda. Okay. Yep, that's right. Um, if you go back down into your um, uh, fighter area, you should be able to tell the, the, the first bay to start printing a new fighter, and then you'd be able to launch another fighter from your second bay. Okay, so yeah, so the first bay says under construction. You can see a little... Uh, cooldown timer going on there so i can launch from the second one so this is two fixed plasma plus a chaff relatively slow but tougher than other fighters that yeah. sounds uh, sounds like the daddy let's try that so that's one nil to to, to psycho cow <laughs> it's probably going to be two nil to psycho cow who am i kidding um, well, let's just say i think grant has been practicing a little bit more than you so is your beluga also shooting at me? Has the beluga actually got any offensive weapons apart from the fighter? Um, it's got weapons too. Um, what I haven't done yet, which I'm just about to do now. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, oh, so I, I think I destroyed you. <laughs> um. But these, these plasma weapons, wow. These fixed plasma guns look awesome. Ah, okay, so this is the first time I've actually fired a plasma weapon, and they are... Um, you have a fixed amount, so there's 30, 30 shots before reloading of a plasma cannon. Oh, that's new. Okay. So, how do I then come back and dock. Well, you do got two. Don't worry about it. We'll help you. Hang on a second. <laughs> so Grant's kicking my ass again. Connection's got a bit funky for me. Yeah, I must admit, I haven't been able to get to the same instance as you guys since um, I had one of these uh, matchmaking, matchmaking errors. Yeah, so, that... Uh, uh, that happened for me as well. So who who was just shooting me that wasn't Grant? Who decided to join in on the party? That was my wingman taking you out. Really? Yeah. I didn't, so, I didn't jump into the fighter. I let him fly it. And then Ventura's come in wanted for some reason. Um, I'm going to have to call off that attack. Sorry, Ventura, if you're listening. Um, yeah, that'll do fine. Hold position recall. So why is Ventura red? I don't know, he must have a bounty or something on his head. I'm trying to make sure that we don't blow him up unnecessarily. You're safe. I think he's running. Yeah, he's oh, so that's because I'm chasing after him and shooting him. Right, okay. I thought it was you. I really am crap at combat, aren't I? 
not just crap at combat, but crap at actually understanding what the hell's going on. I need to spend a little bit more time in game again. Um, yeah, that's one thing that I've found. I mean, I've had about three or four days off from Elite Dangerous this week. And I must admit, when I got back in and started flying about in CQC, I had my backside handed my, handed to myself on the plate. It's amazing how quickly you, your your uh, little twitchy skills kind of um, deteriorate. And you, I, yeah, now that we've got these fighters in game, would you suggest that actually people should uh, should go and use CQC as a bit of a testing ground as to how to learning how to use these ships? Well, actually, surprisingly enough, the tutorial's very good. Oh, really? They've, yeah, they've actually put in a... This, this was actually going to be my second thing. Is that the tutorials that they've actually put in um, for uh, new people, there's, there's, a, there's kind of a story there, which is quite nice. And you're, you're guided through the whole... Um, you know, introduced to each of the, uh, the smaller modules of, of the ship... Uh, of the ships and of the fighters and of the um, uh, and of the SRV, there's actually an SRV tutorial now, which uh, which is absolutely fantastic. We could have done with one of those in 2.0. Not but, to cut you off, but just before you go on that, I seem to be wanted by the police, and my ship and me seem to be getting shot up. So how do I dock just quickly? <laughs> I just jump out. Don't, <laughs> well, don't you leave you're... the fighter alone? Yeah, don't I'm in the you... fighter. He's in the fighter. Down to your control panel oh, right. for the SRVs again, and you've got your all your options and orders and commands are in there. Uh, switch to oh. mothership. Oh, yep. request dock. Um, do I have to lock onto the uh, anaconda? If your anaconda's getting shot up at the moment, I would just swap out, swap out and jump. <laughs> oh, okay. It is. It's down to eighty uh, percent health. So I don't think much of my pilot then. Oh, there you oh, go. No, I think you... it, it might be, uh, she might be holding on because I'm trying to dock. So does it matter what speed you dock? Um, good luck. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think I'm in. Oh, I'm in. Excellent. 42%, 44%. Uh, docking faster would be good. Okay. Oh, you're down to 40%. I can see you here. Uh, 37%. <laughs> Yeah, you wanted. Uh, and time, time to go. I think. Twenty-six um, percent. I don't think you're going to do it, mate. <laughs> oh, can't launch out. Hard points deployed. She could have put those away before. Eh? Bloody hell. Twenty percent. Run away! Run away! Run away! Sixteen <laughs> percent. Charging. Fourteen. Thirteen. I just, 12. I just realised this is not beta. Club, isn't he? I know. He's going to lose his print. properly. <laughs> 8%? How close are you to jumping? Uh, I'm on the G of charging. Has anyone ever heard a host cry live during his podcast? <laughs> I'll try the old spinning round in a, a circle thing. Christ! Come on! <laughs> Go! You'd better hurry up because the anaconda's pulling up on you. If you're, Oh, your shields are just about to come back up. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> right, I have shields. I love that. The the local lay radio thing says, well, we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. That seems like a good time to go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. How fucking slow. I'm sure charging your frameshift didn't take this long before. Um, well, at the moment, you are being chased by two elite anacondas. I just had so, it confirmed. Oh, oh. 
Um, you did kill Ashley Wilkinson, so he's oh, quite no. he's quite happy that you're getting your arse handed to you at the moment. <laughs> it was a mistake. Oh, there's Commander my shield's Fosser. gone again. Commander Fosser is getting blown away over a 200 credit bounty. Seven percent. Oh come on. Seven percent. Please tell me you're boosting away there. I'm trying. Oh no. Six percent. You got oh. five mark three with beam lasers right in your tail. <sighs> Come um, on. Five percent. I'm gonna see if I can get in in time to distract them enough. Hold on. They're actually outrunning me. I can't do anything about it. I can just I can see you disappear Come on. into the future. <laughs> oh, four, He's away. three, two, one. Five ah, percent. Never in doubt. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> I wonder what your repair bill's going to be. Yeah, well, we'll just Oh, ow, my jaw hurts. Right, okay. Shields are back on, though. So... Mm. Right, so... Um, okay, Stingpinch is always bad. Version of Elite Dangerous. Um, what else is... Like I said, the second one was definitely the tutorials. Um, because basically, um, let's just say the new player experience for Elite Dangerous has, has always been a little, well, cliff-like of a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what they've managed to do with these tutorials is if you actually play through the basic ones, it will, it will take you through um, everything that you need to know to get uh, to get your head around <laughs> how to fly the ship, how to dock properly, how to fly a fighter, how to drive an SRV. And they've put an actual narrative in it with you being rescued from a uh, from an asteroid belt all the way through to when um, you've flown a fighter against a, a Viper for the first time defending a mothership. And yeah, cool. it's, it's actually, I'd, I'd recommend it for any new players who have come over from the wonderful world of No Man's Sky um, give that one uh, a try first, because trust me, I mean, what were the new options uh, with the fighters and the SRVs and everything else that goes with it? Uh, unless you break it down in chunks, you get overwhelmed quite quickly. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Even uh, a seasoned player coming into two point two and seeing the fighters and the the crew lounge and everything else, it's it's a lot to take in. Uh, and that's picking up from just being away for you know, a couple of months. Incidentally, so it's a marked improvement on just clicking on links to YouTube videos, <laughs> showing you how to do it. Yeah, yeah just... well, that's that's one downside because that means that's half of my Top Shift videos gone now. <laughs> <laughs> There'll always be a place for Top Shift videos. I did just because you yeah. brought up No Man's Sky. I was I was looking at it today to have a look again and see how that player base is is doing. And that's frightening to see a game with such potential shoot so far down in player base. Now, the last time we reported it, it was sitting at around about 1,000. Today, it's 320-odd players um, playing No Man's Sky uh, down. It's dropping 60-odd percent of its player base every 30 days, which is shocking. And I was saying to my son that, you know, that's got to be one of the most disastrous 
space game launch is going to be one of the disastrous game launches I've ever witnessed. And he said, no, no, the new Ghostbusters game did worse. There was 12 people online on its launch day, and they were the devs doing a Twitch stream. Oh, and, and I said, new Ghostbusters game? I was going to say, that's exactly what I was going to say. I haven't heard of any, but anything about a new Ghostbusters game. So according to my son, so this is word of mouth and, you know, hearsay and everything, they launched the game on the one day with their own Twitch stream, which gave them the most number of views and uh, promptly went bankrupt a couple of days later on. And when you look at this for that on, on, on Steam, uh, it has an all-time high of 16 concurrent players. So I think that might be the worst game launch. You say it was No Man's Sky isn't hit, um, that it was they got refunds. Surely they must have made a decent sum to cover the initial uh, production. Um, it's got to be pretty disheartening for a developer, you know, you know. No matter how great or how not so great that game is, they put a lot of time and effort into it, and for it to be panned so badly, um, it's well. I, it's, it's, oh, it's hard to judge No Man's Sky, really, because um, the the initial impression I think everybody's had of it is, wow, this is great to start with. And then it, it um, a lot of the promises that people were expecting in, the, in that particular game haven't materialized. And there's been a lot of, once you've managed to get past a certain point, it's all the same, which... People have aimed that at Elite Dangerous for well since it's it's been launched, and I think it's it's just a lot of the No Man's Sky community just felt so let down by what they actually got as opposed to what they thought they were going to get that you know it, it's kind of it's yeah. kind of been a perfect storm. But I mean, I'm struggling with at least with Elite Dangerous. There was a game. There was the I won't even say it was the bare bones of game. There was the game. There was pretty much exactly what you had back in 1984 when we had the first one. That's you know with a few a bit more extra, than yeah that. with a few extra <laughs> trimmings. But um, I was struggling to find the game in No Man's Sky. And don't get me wrong, I bought the game and like you, I, I put it on and initially I was quite impressed with it. And but then I struggled to find the game. Um, I never did that with Elite Dangerous. It was always obvious what I could be doing. And apart from going around and trying to get the next ship for No Man's Sky or getting the next blaster gun in No Man's Sky, I got these things, but I didn't have any sort of reason for, for getting them. They didn't do anything extra in the storyline. Uh, I knew I was supposed to be following the Guardians you know, to the center of the galaxy or whatever, but that just... It wasn't fun, and the in terms of the actual species on the planet and stuff. Yes, they all looked wonderfully procedural generated, but they all looked very similar. You know, similarly wrong or similarly sort of uncanny valley kind of. Um, yeah, they just weren't appealing, and there wasn't the sort of the the variety. Um, there was something about it. Yes, there's massive amounts of variety, but they they just didn't look right. Uh, one funny thing I did see on Facebook, and I'd recommend anybody to check it out, is to have a quick look on YouTube for uh, No Man's Sky Jurassic Park, hmm. yes. um, uh, which is a very, very funny video in terms of you know what the, the devs said they were going to create and kind of what actually turned up. Um, and okay, so it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it, it is kind of what's happened with that game. Um, and with the low player base, it does make you wonder whether or not all the, 
you know, all the stuff that the devs say they're going to work on and there's going to be lots of expansions and stuff coming out for it. You know, if there's only 300 people playing it, are you really going to bother? Are you going to try and entice all those other people back into it? Is it worth putting the extra development money in or do you just sort of walk away with the large pot of money you've actually got from it and say, we'll move on to the next project? That's the, that is the difficult issues. At, at what point do you start battening down the hatches and getting prepared for for bailing your game out or doing everything you can? Because um, the ill will is, is spreading faster than the hype before the game came out, you know? And um, even with a, a significant or large update, I think they'd struggle to get a lot of people going back. Now, I've not stopped playing the game. I quite enjoyed it playing the game but it is very much a case of what do you fancy doing today a game where you feel there's some kind of progress or do you want to just go around in circles shooting polygons and having a look at the most ridiculously procedurally generated animals you've ever seen um and a recent game because i've I've bought a couple of games just recently civilization 6 and fifa 17 and Something they put in the FIFA 17 is kind of like they call it the journey. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously a sort of, you know, cut scenes of a particular young player with his friend who then get picked and then you play. So it, for me, it's amusing to play FIFA 17 and have this young superstar um, getting sacked and relegated left, right and centre because of how <laughs> crap I am at it. But it's really engaging. <laughs> and that's just one side of the game, you know? Um and that's impressive. There's a game that's got three games in it, and already one of them is, is more than enough to keep me interested in playing for a while. And I would still think, well, I should rather play that because there's a wee story to it and it's a bit more interesting than I would going into No Man's Sky and doing hee-haw, except for trying to learn out more words and all you seem to world-bloody learn is the strange alien word for toilet, which they never <laughs> use in conversation, so you never get to see it. I mean, I know about 60-odd words, just none of the ones that they use in day-to-day conversation. I just... <laughs> but I think, it's, I, I think it's a reasonably good game. It's just not what people wanted from it. And if you watch all the videos that basically show you what was promised in the trailers and all this kind of stuff, and then what you got, there is a huge disparity. And the benefit of Elite was um, that mm-hmm. it... It's never over-promised. It's maybe under-delivered in features, but very, very quickly, boom, in it comes a new feature or a fix to that feature or an acknowledgement that's not quite what they wanted. And they just keep putting more and more new stuff into the game that keep you interested. So, like I said, the passenger missions for me is kind of like a refresher for a way to play the game. It's like adding this journey part to FIFA 17. I can go and do a couple of missions, enjoy those passion to delivery missions as a change to the norm of grinding trade, which I enjoyed and I never thought I would, but I've now got to the point where I can't face getting back into it just now. And I yeah. think mm-hmm. that's the the beautiful thing about Elite is the fact that you can just go, well, I'm going to shelve that for a moment and I'm going to go and do this because that's kind of interesting for me just now and then I'll maybe go back to that when it comes up and then totally ignore mining for the rest of the duration of the game. Mining and powers, <laughs> two updates I didn't need. Uh, but you oh. liked Engineers then, did you? Oh, God, well, yeah. I liked it, I must... Yeah. <laughs> or was that three? <laughs> Well, I must admit, I'm actually getting into the engineers. Um, 
there is something quite satisfying about, um, mm -hmm. going to the place and, and building up your reputation with them and then getting something decent kit at the end of it. Well, now um, that we can store these things, yeah, I think I'm probably going to jump in. Oh, okay, so the, the burning the audio... question in everybody's mind was, how much is it going to take Fozzer to repair his anaconda? It turns out it's not so bad. Uh, Listy, you're going to do me a deal, and it's only 174,909 credits to repair my anaconda from 5%, which I don't think is that bad. I'm having similar kind of issues to the beta, where the game client seems to be eating internet at certain points, so I'm just getting attacked. So jumping from um, a static external camera to the in-game ship causes a lag and it uh, stops. Not the game, the game continues, but the audio, our streaming, all kind of goes stutter and kicks yes. back in again. And I think, you know, um, streaming when we're broadcasting, I think we might have look at putting some kind of static feed up that's not going to cause this or preset videos because these twitch streams are just dropping with this new update until it's a bit more optimized and running better because we kind of hoped the beta did this every time and now mm. that it's in the full game it looks like it's going to be either here to stay or it's a, a problem that needs to be kicked Okay, well, I mean, by all means, just boot, move it back to the uh, move it to back to the static. We've only got fifteen minutes left on this uh, on this particular episode, anyway. Uh, I think we're going to spend the next couple of episodes going through all the various intricacies and stuff. This was more of a sort of a, a top level, you know, how do we uh, feel jumping straight into the game? And yeah, I mean, it does look like it's one of the biggest for me, certainly one of the biggest sort of uh, visual overhauls uh, that I've seen in the game for a long time. And I'm just it might be one of the the high tech. The spotlight looks exactly the same now. Um, that for me is a big step forward. Oh, you should see the refineries. The refinery is is it's like flying into hell itself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, is there a refinery station in uh, in Listy? And I'm going to check one out. I don't think there is actually. Um, see the closest refinery. Yeah, because they've gone and updated a whole load of extra things in the galaxy map as well, which makes things. Um, easier to navigate, but uh, I haven't had that much time to um, to fully go through it. Well, I found a white dwarf, which is nice. Oh that's yeah, the, they are pretty, aren't they? It's the highlight of my evening. They look uh, absolutely stunning. Mm. This is quite funny. So I've just gone into the galaxy map, and the first thing it says about Listy is that friends, Commander Ashley Wilkinson is somewhere in Listy. I'm not sure he's my friend anymore, considering I blew up his <laughs> ship. I think he might be waiting to me to appear outside the station so that he can blow me up. Oh, speaking of which, soft uh, off on a tangent. Obviously, I'm now wanted in Lave, and I think mm -hmm. I've got a trespassing charge in Lave as well. Previously, you couldn't sort of pay off your fines unless you were actually at that um, that station. Haven't they changed something in 2.2 that means I should be able to pay it from here? Well, this is the thing. I'm not quite sure whether I've managed to do that. Um, mostly because uh, I think you have to be in a low security system in order to uh, find uh, find the... Uh, uh, the right option under the black market or under the contacts to be able to do it because it's a shady contact oh, is that it? will allow you to yeah um i haven't actually found one but then again i've been quite a quite a nice person and not got myself into trouble mind you i did test out a lot of the new piracy stuff as well but that's all in beta so it doesn't count right so i've got an authority contact a combat one contact and i've got black market uh, which is red and unavailable um, well 
Mm. I don't think, well, there isn't a black market in, in George Lucas, is there? Uh, seemingly not. No. So. Well, uh, yeah. So normally, if the I think if the shadow contact was available, they'd be in that Area. point, and the shadow contact would be allow you to pay off your fines for elevated fee, or also would allow you to collect bounties uh, from a far off distance for uh, less than obviously if you'd been there yourself. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I think that is a step forward as well, because it was getting ridiculous in the amount of bounties and stuff and the combat bonds I had that I'd have to go halfway across the galaxy to cash in. So even if it means I don't get the full value of them, being able to actually clear them, uh, I think, is a is a big step forward. So. No, so there's not just... Sorry, I'm just leaving George Lucas. It's not just the... Um, the outside, the docking areas that's changed, when you're spinning around inside and getting pulled into the, the hangars and stuff, they've updated mm-hmm. that as well, and that looks a lot swankier too. Yeah, nice. yeah. They're, they're, they've got an, um, there's a new interior for each of the major stations, uh, station types. Um, if you get ones which are sort of half industrial, half high tech, uh, for example, then I think you get the standard screen, but uh, the standard uh, docking layout and, and standard station but if you go to a station which is purely refinery purely agricultural then uh, more times than not you get the new station interior which um, is fantastic especially when you're actually flying into a refinery and it looks as if the smoke from the furnaces is actually coming out the docking bay right um the wonderful ashley wilkinson who's a very nice guy very very nice guy lovely guy um, has appeared in a federal corvette outside the station, <laughs> which is a slightly different ship to the one I saw him in last time. <laughs> so I might be just trying to run away <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a, he's going to weep his revenge. His weep his revenge. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, as I say, we've got another sort of five, ten minutes on the the stream. Is there anything else that we should be uh, covering off straight away? Well, yeah, there is one thing that um, I, I was involved with the testing, uh, and that's some of the exploration mechanics. Now, this this one has been one of these has, has been the hot topic that um, has caused a not a lot of uh, consternation on the forums. Um, there was a um, a bug went out in, in beta 7 where when you did the initial scan, the honk, um, basically you didn't see the planets on the system map. You just mm-hmm. got blank, black circles. So you didn't know what was there. And then a whole lot of people said, oh, this is fantastic. This makes exploration more interesting. And then it came back that this was supposed to be, that that was a bug, and they're going to put it into a certain way that when you do the scan, you'll also get the the new system, uh, the new planetary map when you do the scan, and that kicked off another big row, which said, no, no, you want the from the, from the the main discovery scanner, you only want to you you don't want to see the planetary map, you still want the grid until you get close enough to scan it with the scan the planet with the discovery scanner mm-hmm. and it, it, it was a, it's one of these um, little issues that seems to have blown up to one, a massive thread on the forums hmm. with ideas being battered back left right and center um, at the moment the present um, the present what's in 
the live game is that when you do a class one scan, which is the honk, you will get the system map as per usual. But when you drill down on a planet, you will just get the grid mm-hmm. as, it, as it was in beta 2.1. When you get close to the planet, um, if you do not have a uh, detailed surface scanner, um, the discovery scanner will kick in and still give you the system, uh, sort of the planetary map, uh, which that's the class two scan. I never knew what that class two scan was. No, I didn't. Well, th- there you go. So, because um, normally when I've had gone exploring, I've always had the the details discovery scanner with me as well. You know, the uh, the surface scanner. Uh, and what that'll do is it'll just show you um, basically what the, the planetary map looks like. And then finally, with the details discovery scanner, it will show you the planetary map. You'll get more money for it, and also it shows you the um, the chemical composition of the materials that you can you can pick up as well, so that there's no point landing on that planet if you're looking for arsenic because you know that that planet's not got arsenic on it. Okay, and that'd be the sort of thing that'd be useful if you were doing the engineer sidelines. Oh yes. Okay. Definitely. Right. Okay. So that makes sense, and that's where it now sort of fits into the game. Okay. So talking about um, planets, obviously we'll probably come onto this next week, um, but there has been a few improvements made to planetary surfaces i think there's been some some geysers some gushers some geysers um put on planets um again we'll probably go into it a little bit more detail uh, the next episode but apart from those is there anything else changed about uh, planetary surface stuff or the interactions with planetary surfaces well this is the um <laughs> this is the interesting thing there are no biological materials which have been added to certain planets Oh, uh, no? <laughs> exactly. Um, if you see some of the promotional material, like uh, like the latest launch trailer, you will find that there are what looks like weird-looking trees that an SRV is fl- uh, driving past, or abandoned set- settlements which you can discover on a an SRV. Or the big one was that it seemed to be this massive uh, Mass Effect-like spire which was glowing bright blue, not Thargoid green, but bright, bright blue, which has got everybody all excited, which might imply that the word Guardians, or the subtitle of Guardians, isn't actually referring to the subfighters or the fighters or the wingmen. It might be referring to these other items being the Guardians. Interesting. Okay, that was certainly one of the things that came from the live stream that I was watching this afternoon with uh, with Michael Brooks. You know, when he was asked what he was most excited about in 2.2, it's, he said it's all the stuff that people don't know about yet. So all the storyline stuff that's hidden at the moment that's going to be revealed at some point during 2.2. So uh, it sounds like that's the sort of thing that he's going to be uh, he's going to be referring to there. Um, and yeah, it'd be. I mean, it's going to be interesting seeing the new alien race uh, appear over this season. Uh, I think is going to be interesting. It's going to be a bit of a, a shift change for for the game and give everybody something to unify around. Um, other than obviously the community goals, it gives us something else to sort of unify around and and uh, really get our community teeth stuck into. So cool. Uh, anything else you guys want to cover off before we we close this one down and all jump over to uh, to the Hutton? Uh, stream where they're still probably talking about voice packs and how to install Cecil on the computer. 
if it takes that long to install Cecil, it's not going to do very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it because there's so many little things that we talked about. Can that be done? And and I don't know if this is definitely implemented in it, but it's meant to hook into the likes of EDDI, which can you know pull information from Elite Dangerous about your ship status and things. It's a very intelligent uh, voice attack pack from HCS, so we're hoping it's going to really represent the way that it you know these ones should be done going forward so that you have much more dynamicness from your voice packs, which was what we were aiming for, along with the frustration... Um, but what I was going to say is I had a message from uh, Commander Parabolus, which is regarding a new exploration expedition which is going to launch shortly after the release of 2.2, which is obviously today, um, departing on the November the 5th of, obviously this month, no, next month, November the 5th, and they are going to do this in honour of Alan Shepard, the second human to enter space and astronaut during the historic Apollo missions. And it's an endurance run, um, let me just see, uh, five legs to covering 37 total waypoints and 12 base camps across the Centaurus Reach, the Scutum Centaurus Arm, the Styx and the Galantic Core. And Shepard will also engage with the new features of the 2.2 release, including super high resolution deep image scans, an SRV planetary circumnavigation endurance race, and fully was an acclaim to the galactic ceiling using discovered the newly discovered Pulsar FSD boosts. Uh, they are still accepting people to take part in that. They reckon the mission is going to last six months. It will depart from Sol on November the 5th, and it will go on until they finish it. If you search in the Elite Dangerous forums for the Shepherd mission, now they've put hyphens between each letter, S-H-E-P-A-R-D, dash mission, uh, Elite Dangerous Deep Space Exploration, and see if you can find it there. There's not a nice handy... Um, URL that we can give, but they do have a video up on YouTube as well. If you search for the Shepherd mission, deep space exploration, you should be able to find that. I uh, just wanted to give that a shout for you, Parablos. You asked earlier on today to pass that on. Uh, that sounds like if you're an explorer, which I'm clearly not. I'd get halfway <laughs> out and then after sort of four and a half months, catch up with them, only to blow up and end up back at Shinrata. Um, <laughs> but if it sounds like you're, you know, it's another great expedition kind of thing, but with a lot more different activities going on within it, so it could be worth a check out if you fancy that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I just realised, John, you have been sat there very quietly, which is unlike you, and I'm assuming <laughs> you've been playing the game. I have. Um, what have been your impressions? Obviously, you, like me, have been uh, yeah, away from it for, for quite some time. So what's standing out for you, just quickly? Well, um, I picked up a passenger cabin, and I've put three people in it, and they want to go on a sightseeing tour, not too far away. Uh, but I've got to find these, um, are they tourist beacons or something? Yeah. So I've just got to find out where are they. Does anybody know where I can find them? Uh, they should be in your uh, communication thing on the left-hand side, aren't they? Yeah, there will there will be when you're in the in the system that has them. Okay, I'll have to have a look through my stuff. So, so obviously you've been out of action for a, for a couple of months, same as me. Do you think there's enough in this from what you've seen or what you've heard so far that's going to tempt you back into the void? Um, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely enough stuff to keep me uh, to get me back into it. I mean, I've been away from it for quite a while and. Um, 
you know, I mean, I've I've only taken my uh, my little buggy out a couple of times, so I've still got a lot of love for the planetary stuff to go. So um, I think I've been out of it long enough that I'll probably be back into it for a few months, uh, time permitting. Cool, brilliant. Okay, so uh, when does uh, I know it's a bit stupid to say this, but when's the next uh, planned expansion coming out? So obviously we've got two point two. Um, I can't remember what the next one was supposed to be. Uh, was that multi-crew in a ship or? Yeah, that, that's the commanders. So basically, that's going to be multi-crew with um, uh, basically multi uh, with the commander creator. I think. I, I can't remember whether it's going to be the commander creator in the next one, and then a multi-crew is the update after, or whether or not they're putting both of them together. And has anybody hazard a guess as to when this might drop? I mean, are we talking Christmas? Are we talking March next year? Are we talking the middle of next year? They haven't said a thing. The only thing that they've said is that uh, 2.3 is under development at this moment in time. Most of the team are now working on it. It's just a, it's a, an amazing pace that these guys really do uh, in terms of getting updates out. It's literally like having a new game every six months. It's fantastic. Uh, I, I don't honestly know how they do it. Um, cool. Has anybody got anything else they want to wrap up uh, before we close the show? No, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm playing cool. the game again. And we're happy that you're happy. I'm happy. You happy, Grant? Yeah, yeah, better, better than I was at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Colin, you happy, mate? Uh, as happy as I can be. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter, or you can join our Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash lay radio our TeamSpeak server you can come to which is teamspeak.layradio.com and of course we record the show live on a tuesday evening at 8 30 and stream out live on layradio.com forward slash live thanks to everybody who's joined us in the twitch chat channel tonight and on irc and for those people especially ashley wilson um who joined us in game uh, that's it from us this week until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous Please stay tuned for Garnet News following this exit music, I suppose it is, and the it's outro. Yeah. You know, it's honest. Garnet Digest is awesome, so stick about.
Hamis. No worries, guys. I'll report for two seconds. I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 25th of October, 3302. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Empire edges towards building bigger battleships. Metadrive merger over Ram Corson's dead body. Reboot the galaxy? Don't be an asp. A one-way ticket to where no man has gone before. Empire edges towards building bigger battleships. Admiral Potty Petraeus has announced that the Empire will no longer be bound by the Capital Ship Limitation Treaty, which was signed in London back in 3278, opening the way to an arms race between Federation and Empire. Speaking at a military event in Achenar, Petraeus described the treaty as an imposition on the Empire and implied that the Empire had been tricked into signing. He appeared to be signalling the start of a massive capital ship building programme, one that the Federation is likely to react to in kind. But every cloud of nuclear fallout has a silver financial lining. Shares in Guttermeyer Corporation, which manufactures the Majestic Class Interdictor for the Empire, have risen sharply on news of the escalating arms race. Having caused this massive scare, Admiral Petraeus is reported to be heading to prison to personally oversee the trial of Kahina Loren, a minor ex-senator. Loren is accused of the attempted murder of Petraeus. Metadrive merger over Ran Corson's dead body. Sirius Corporation has completed the buyout of troubled technology company Metadrive Corporation. Metadrive Corporation, which is believed to have been researching a new and radically better frameshift drive technology, had been experiencing severe financial difficulties until it was bailed out by Sirius and had been under close scrutiny by auditors. A former employee, Ran Corson, was reported to have been killed while under pursuit from Sirius Corporation agents. Corson had claimed that former Metadrive chief Femi Dakarai was murdered by the Sirius Corporation and that a cover-up was underway to hide sensitive technical information about the new hyperdrive technology. Sirius Corporation has resolutely denied these allegations and the Metadrive board has welcomed the new security Sirius has brought to the Metadrive brand. Reboot the galaxy? Don't be an asp. A brief hiatus in the normal operation of the galaxy has completed. Dockers are back at work. Commanders are trucking, exploring and shooting each other. There's been a sudden upturn in the number of passengers wanting transport throughout the inhabited galaxy and commanders are expected to rise to the challenge. Similarly, the availability of ship-launched fighters is reported to be much better than previously. Many stations have spruced themselves up as part of the celebration of a new era in the development of interstellar life. In related news, we discovered today that the Lake on Asp Explorer is indeed named after a snake, 
and that the Falcon Delisi Cobra is pronounced Cobra. A one-way ticket to where no man has gone before. Two new exploration missions were announced this week, one of which will result in certain death for all participants. The less fatal expedition is named after Alan Shepard, second man in space, and will research Centaurus Reach, the Scutum Centaurus Arm, the Styx and the Galactic Core. The shorter and more terminal expedition is being organised by Eremis and Dr Kai, and will use newly discovered Pulsar FSD boost technology to take a one-way trip to the NGC 2862 cluster, a string of stars only a few thousand light-years from Sol, but not previously reachable. A return journey is believed to be impossible, so once the mission is complete and news of stellar discoveries has been beamed back to civilization, the expedition will commit mass suicide. Both expeditions are currently recruiting, so if you're down on your luck, why not become an explorer? And that's this week's Galnet News. We read the Galnet News so you don't have to.